Thank you, team. Happy Mother's Day. Mums, it's great to have you here with us at Door of Hope. If you're watching online in your new dressing gown, drinking from your new mug, playing with your new snow globe. I got a snow globe for Mother's Day. It's lovely. Celery. I was just inspired by the clip. How beautiful is celery? Wasn't that an awesome clip? Can you think of other things that mums see that kids don't? Have you cleaned your teeth? Yes. I have swished some of that minty minion toothpaste in my mouth and spat it in the sink. Have you got dressed? Have you got your pajamas on? Yes. I took my shirt off. I'm ready for bed. There's many, many, many to go. But I thought, who in the room is a mum that says, don't buy me flowers? They're a waste of money. They're a waste of money. They just sit in the vase and they drop the pollen on the table and it stains. Are you one of those mums? Put your hand up. Amen. So celery, look. It is full of vitamin C. It's healthy. Stir fry afterwards, walled off salad, about the only way that I like celery. And then, look, gorgeous green, just snap it off. And then you just throw it to Jackie. No, yes. See, you just throw it. Who else wants some celery? Me, look, celery. Celery is awesome. It's underrated. And I thought today we should just celebrate celery. No one else, a celery celebration. It's just fun. Micah, chew on that. It's just awesome. I just saw that celery come out of the backpack and I was like, oh, so beautiful. Anyway, today we're talking about it takes a village, and you all know the rest of that phrase, don't you? It takes a village to raise a child. Now, it probably came from an African proverb way back in the day, but it rings true to us, doesn't it? And I surmise, I guess, that I was asked to do Mother's Day today because I actually live in a village. I live in St. Leonard's, and a weird thing about St. Leonard's is people that live in St. Leonard's like to call it the village of St. Leonard's. It's a weird thing, but it's true, the village of St. Leonard's. We have the village pub and the village milk bar. But I also live in a village called Worldview Centre for Intercultural Studies. So my husband Danny and I have lived there for eight years. We're a missionary training college, and we train in a residential community. So I live with about 60 other people, not in the same house, different houses, but we eat together each weekday, morning tea, lunch, dinner. We do morning devotions every weekday morning. We train together, we run an organization together, we worship together, we pray together, and our kids live together. There's about 21 children at Worldview at the moment. It's a lot of children. So I've got a little bit of experience about living in a village. And when people arrive at Worldview, uh, we often have a bit of an orientation, and I'll say, or we'll say to them, living in community is the best thing you'll ever do. And living in community is the worst thing you will ever do. (laughs) And both are true at the same time. Both are true. It gives you some of your greatest highs and your greatest lows, and it's a bit like parenting. Am I right? Yes. It's great for our kids, though. It's amazing. They have automatic friends. 
which can also be great, and because they're automatic friends, maybe not so great sometimes. But it's an environment where children do flourish, and they get this beautiful opportunity to um, play up and play down. So they get to be leaders of children younger than them, and then they get to be led by children older than them. And it's a great experience for kids. And actually, family is our first village, isn't it? When kids are born, whether it's a single parent family or a, parent, a family with mum and dad, that's the first village. And it starts off pretty small. But as we move on, that village grows a bit. And grandparents, if they're close by, are part of that village. Maybe aunties and uncles and cousins are part of that village. Maybe really special friends of parents are part of that village. And our village gets bigger and it expands. And most of the time, that village are people that sort of share our values, don't they? They have similar dreams for each other. And that village expands. The village is a really good idea. That's the first thing I want to just encourage you in today, that a village is a really good idea. Now, you may not live in a village, but villages, that concept of having people close by is getting less and less common. Some of you may know Steve Bidolph, who is a writer, especially around adolescent teen years and parenting. He lives here in Tasmania. And in one of his books, he writes about the 10 things girls need to really grow well. And especially between the ages of about 10 and 14, one of the top things they need are aunties. And that's the way he puts it. Significant women in their life that join the village and help them grow and be the women that they should be. But he says over the last three generations, the amount of aunties a young girl has in her life in Australia has reduced by 80%. So my mum, when she was growing up, probably had, say, 10, 10 women. Now, for our little people, that's two. Two significant other women that are growing in her and nurturing her and being a really positive voice. I still remember uh, when I, I must have only been seven or eight, and my best friend Nicole's mum, her name was Glenda, was driving me home from a sleepover. And I was chatting to her about life, and I had this realisation that I'm talking to this lady, and she's like listening to me. She's nodding in the right places and saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was asking me questions. And it was so different to talking to my mum, and I was telling her all these things. And she was saying, yeah, that's great. That's a really good thing to do. And it was my first realisation that I was sort of having like a grown-up conversation with her. And I still remember it. And our girls need those other women, sometimes to challenge them and say, hey, the way you talk to your mum, it's not really great. She needs, you know, you need to respect her. Sometimes our girls need those conversations too in their lives. So do our boys, don't they? Our boys need dads, other dads, other men to come in and encourage them and speak into their lives, other women even to come in and speak into their lives. So um, Toby, my son is eight. He's learning to fix bikes, and our friend Mitch helps him with that. There he is. 
and he's learning to do a 360 on his scooter, but he also is learning how to put wasabi into little tiny bowls for dinner. And my friend Pilsoon, who's on staff at Worldview, she's part of our leadership team, is speaking into that. Now, putting wasabi into small bowls isn't necessarily a life skill, I'll give you that. Fair enough. But it's the process, isn't it, of having other adults speaking into his life, encouraging him, and being other voices, adding to the community. At Door of Hope, we call this widening the circle, okay? It's increasing our village intentionally to have people that share our values and dreams and aspirations for our kids share and take the load from us because the load can be heavy, am I right? The load can be heavy and we need these other people to come in and share the load. We have another awesome word at Door of Hope which I love called sparents. Sparents, could you put up your hand please? There's many, there's many, there's more than that, there's more. Sparents are spare parents. Spare parents, people that maybe have already parented and are grandparents, people that have never had children, but come in and join our little village. People that foster, thank you so much foster parents, who might foster um, on the weekends or full time. Parents that fill that gap that are in some families or add beautiful skills or voices that our kids need. Let's give our parents a big hand because they're amazing, amazing. So good, thank you to the parents in our lives as well. The village is a good idea. The village is also God's idea. It's God's idea. He has been doing village for eternity actually. So have you ever heard of the Trinity? The Father, God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit have lived in a village for all time. That's how they are. That's who they are. And constantly, through God's story, He has built in that need for us to be in community. He made man, and He said, that's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make him someone else a partner, someone to do life together, someone to work together, someone to do this in a village. And all through his story, we read about family and we read about tribes and we read about nations and we read about church. And we read about all these ways that God builds village in our worlds because we need it and we do better in village. Um, in the Bible, there's a book called Corinthians. It's a letter that's written to a church, a village, and all through it, it talks about good ways to do that, good ways to do village. And um, the writer uses uh, the body as a bit of an example of how it should work. And I'm going to read to you from um, Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now, so pretend all these body parts are people, Okay. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. And if the, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body, one village, one community. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and and are indispensable, and the parts we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, together giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part grieves, every part grieves with it. If one part is honoured, every part honours with it. So today, mothers, we honour you and we honour everyone because everyone gets to receive that honour when we do life together. That's how it's meant to be. Women that aren't mothers, we honour you. No part is left out. God made his body just as he wanted it to be. You are all possible parents. To somebody. There's a family at Door of Hope in your village that needs your voice, that needs your skill, that needs your time, that needs your availability. Maybe you need to ask a family, do you need some babysitting? Can I come and do something with you? Can I share my puzzles with you? We have an amazing parent in our family that gives great puzzles and finds Lego at op shops still in its like packages and puts them back together. She's an amazing parent to us. Parents, widen your circle. It is a blessing. It is a blessing. So the village is a good idea, but we know the village is also a God idea. And this is God's idea, this beautiful village that we call church. The village is also a good idea for kids. It helps us grow. It helps us nurture. It helps us be bigger and better. And it helps our kids grow to be kids that don't just have our voice in our lives, but have many voices that we um, value. But it's good for mums, isn't it? A village for people to take that load and to share it. And there's a lot expected of mums these days. The list is long, and we need others who can share that with us. Maybe you're a mum doing life as a single parent. That list gets even longer. We need to widen our circle. Village is good for dads. You have to learn to be a dad. You're not just automatically a dad when a baby is born. And I'm sorry that you don't get that nine months. You know, it just is bam. It just happens really fast. But widening our circle means that dads can have people into that circle that can teach them and share with them and be close. Maybe you're not a sporty dad, grab a sporty dad and bring them in. Maybe you can't fix a bike, grab a bike that comes in. Maybe you're not good with art, grab an artist dad, bring him in, widen that circle. Actually, maybe the village is good for everyone. 
okay? Which often God ideas are good for everyone. And when we see that God's idea for us to be together is a good one, it means that we're all included. And you might say right now, I'm an introvert. I don't do village. I don't do village. Well, maybe you just do small village. Small village is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Okay? Maybe you're an extrovert and this is a great village to be in. I'm with you. I'm with you. You get to do big village as well. Um, I came across a book uh, recently and it's called Bowling Alone, as in bowling, bowling alone. And it was written in the early 2000s by a guy named Robert Putnam. And he did some research with about 50,000 interviews over a couple of years. And he wanted to ask why people had started bowling alone. So it's usually a group activity, isn't it? Let's go bowling. But he suddenly found that there are all these people in the bowling alleys bowling by themselves. And he's like, what's going on? Why are these people bowling alone? And he did some research. Some of the things he found over the last 25 years before he wrote this book, that family dinners had dropped by 43% people gathering. We know this, don't we? We know these statistics. Having friends over to your house had dropped by 35%. Now, this was almost 20 years ago. I imagine those statistics have even gotten more than that. Our tendency is to restrict our villages now, to make them smaller, because I think with the craziness of our life, it's easier to cope with a really small village. Okay, we don't have to think about as many people, we don't have to make time, we don't have to clean the house as much, ready for them to come over. It's just easier because there's so much going on. But our villages have gotten really small. But he, he suggests some pretty amazing statistics. He suggests that community is actually healthy for us, like celery. <laughs> I'm not sure it does you any good, celery, but anyway. <laughs> community is healthy for us. Those with strong social connections, those people that live in a good, vibrant village, but have poor health and don't eat any celery, are just as healthy as those with good health habits, but weak social connections. So it's saying that the power of community makes you healthier. He suggests that joining and participating in one group, just one, cuts your odds of dying next year in half. They are good odds. So today, just being at Door of Hope, you're going well. Good choice, everyone. Good choice. <laughs> community is healthy for us. It's good for kids and mums and dads and parents and grandmas and granddads and single parents and people that don't have children and don't want to have children. It's good for all of those people. It does take a village to raise a child well. It really does. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. And it's God's dream for us that we do this well. If you keep reading through Corinthians, which is an awesome thing to do, can I suggest, we see all these instructions, and they're not just good for us, but they're good for everybody. Instructions about unity. And this is where I say that community is the best thing you'll ever do, and community is the worst thing you'll ever do. 
Because in community, we rub up against people that we would never choose to. There are people in this room that I probably would never meet if we didn't go to church together, and I'm really glad we do. But they're probably a bit annoying, as I am to them. They probably rub me up the wrong way. They're a bit like sandpaper. But you know what? That's God's desire for us to grow more like him. When we meet someone that requires our patience, we get to use the gift of patience that the Holy Spirit has for us. When we are being parents to someone else's kids and it's a bit frustrating, we get that grace from the Holy Spirit that he has for us. Maybe the grace of long-suffering maybe the grace of patience, maybe God is building in us the gift of gentleness and kindness, and it's not really evident in our life yet as much as he wants it to be. When we are with other people, those gifts are necessary, and we don't have it in ourselves. Can I just tell you that? It's not just a matter of you saying, I need to be more gentle, I need to be more patient. Lord, make me patient, and I want it right now. Can I tell you something? That was a magnet on our fridge growing up. Lord, give me patience, and I want it right now. I think my my mother had something going on with patience, but anyway. She was a single mum. I'm sure she needed it. But our community is the way we grow. Our village is where we grow, and it's exciting. It's exciting. It's a good idea for everyone. Community is where God's Holy Spirit brings growth and learning and trust and unity, all the parts are necessary. Kids, mums, dads, aunties, uncles, all of us. Sparents, parents in training, not yet sparents. We're all there. And you know, at Door of Hope, there are lots of opportunities and next steps for us to be introduced into the sparenting role or to improve our skills in inviting people into the village our playgroups, our parent training, our Hope Discovery Kids, Door of Hope this time on a Sunday are all great opportunities. And head to the welcome desk if you want some more information about parenting opportunities at Door of Hope. There's lots of them because we value it so, so, so much. Our next generation is really important to us. Can I pray for you as I finish this morning? Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, thank you for your example of community. Thank you that you gave us village as a good and godly thing. And even though it's hard, God, would you use your Holy Spirit to build us, to grow us in unity together. For all our parents, Lord, would you bring a blessing upon them this morning? For our mums and our mother figures, would you bring a blessing, I ask? Would today be a reminder that you are a good, good father, that you are a good, good parent, and we can rely on you. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.